0: Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Refractive Podcast. Today, I am happy to present to you Jean Atman. For over 21 years, Jean has, le- has leaned into her career as a um, an expert at helping people break free of negative experiences, let go of toxic relationships, And so she has helped over that period, 20,000 people through the various facets of her services, level up their life, step towards their inner power. And for those of you who listen regularly, you know that that's something that really resonates with me. So I think you're gonna enjoy what she has to share today. And welcome, Jean, it's lovely to have you on Refractive.
1: Thank you, I appreciate being here with you.
0: Thank you so much. And so, you know what, before we even get into this conversation of how to Uh, really take a look at the relationships in your life that are dragging you down and uh, how to move past and release some of the negative experiences that tend to keep us trapped. You call yourself a soul evolution coach and I love this term. So can you share with us a bit of the background of that? How did you arrive at that? What does it mean for you? Because uh, it's really a powerful title. Thank you. Yeah,
1: I've had, um, it's kind of evolved with me throughout the years. It's changed because the the work that I do is so multidimensional and multifaceted, it's hard to sort of put that into a container and name it something. (laughs) So that was the closest thing I could come up with with to describe it that people might be able to access. Um, But ever since I was a little girl, I've always been tapped into the outer realms. And I would have visitors a lot when I was young, different spirits coming in, I could see earth bonds in our house, um, just really open to other things that people couldn't see, the subtleties of things that that others couldn't see that were around me and my family. And during my teenage years, I shut that down because it seemed like no one else talked about that. No one knew about that. I felt like I was crazy. Yes, it is. Especially when your parents are so adamantly like that doesn't exist. And I'm like, I'm literally looking at this earthbound right now. (laughs) So you start to question your sanity. Um, So I try to shut that part of myself down. And I'm Went through a pretty hardcore rebellious stage in life because this planet just felt so awkward to me. Mm-hmm. I never really felt like I fit in or belonged here. I just felt very different than a lot of other people. Um, I was really focused on people's feelings and their needs and their their well being emotionally versus taking something from someone or or walking over somebody to get something. You know that was never my agenda. So it was very weird to be around a lot of other people that were that way. Um, And then I just found myself in a lot of tumultuous relationships that were really reflective of my upbringing. There was a lot of toxicity, a lot of abuse, and I continue to draw that in because that was still in my vibration, in my experience. Mm-hmm. So until I really learned what that all meant and how to navigate that, um, that's when life finally started to shift for me. And I really started to learn about how we really do create our reality based on our belief systems, based on our triggers, based on backstory and things that we believe about ourselves. And when we're little, we witness something and we experience something and we're so young, we don't understand how to process it. It Mm -hmm. just sort of lands in. And then we live in those ways that reflect that belief system and we're not even aware of it. Right. So as soon as I started to really understand how that worked, I have spent decades diving into my inner worlds and just uncovering and unpacking everything I could possibly find. Yeah. Um, and within that work, it's really helped me to be able to help others do the same because I have an intimate understanding of what happens in there. And I read energy for a living and I have you know connections with the outer realms. So that combination really sets me up for being able to see and understand a lot of things that are hidden.
0: Now, I know you also uh, work in energy medicine, and I'm sure that we have some listeners who might not be familiar with that. So would you be willing to give a quick overview of what that involves?
1: Yeah, I'm a Reiki master. And so Reiki is a universal... Um, life force energy than anyone can channel through. And you have an attunement that opens you up to that frequency. And therefore you can channel it through to yourself and to other people. So I teach people how to do that. I give them, offer them attunements so they can open to those channels and then teach them how to heal themselves as well as other people, especially Mm -hmm. in particular, the chakra system. Um, I'm training cranial psychotherapy through the Upledger Institute, Barbara Brennan's um, hands of um, hands of Light, study healing touch. I mean, polarity therapy. I've just taken so many different modalities throughout the years, just trying to, you know, was just thirsty for knowledge about everything I could possibly learn about something that was innate to me that I didn't understand was actually a thing <laughs> until I found Reiki. You know, so as soon as I found that, that, oh, other people understand this and other people also do this, I was fascinated. And that just sort of, you know, grew into um, a deep curiosity about everything I'd get my hands on. So it sort of morphed into its own modality within my, my uh, professional work.
0: Amazing. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the topic of the day, uh, which is about, processing these experiences that we perceive as negative, right? I don't believe that we have negative experiences, right? We have high vibration yeah. experiences and low vibration experiences. But if we're talking in the 3D language, uh, we have these negative things that happen to us, whether they are people, whether they are life situations. And uh, it's like they're their own little force of gravity that trap us in and we get we get stuck in orbit around <laughs> this heaviness. And so, um, what do you do when someone comes to you and and they're trapped in this type of gravitational pull?
1: That's a really good question. And a lot of people do find me in that place where they, they just come in and say, I'm just stuck nothing's working. I just don't know what to do. I've tried all these things and nothing works. And what I, the first lessons that I typically teach people is we're going to reverse engineer everything that you think is the the right air quotes, way of doing things, because what we people tend to do and what we're trained and taught to do is let's focus on all the problems outside of ourselves and let's try to fix those things. Mm -hmm. And that is frivolous and it requires so much effort and it can be exhausting because you're never going to get the payoff that you actually know that's meant for you in those places. So I encourage people to start to look within and see what's happening inside. And let's, let's look at those limiting beliefs about what is tucked in your subconscious mind that you might not even be aware of, Mm -hmm. but something is being reflected to you in your experience. So I teach people how to translate their experiences to be able to access those places within themselves. Mm -hmm. So let's take something easy, like like an emotional trigger. You know, when you're being triggered, right? It's Mm -hmm. not comfortable, (laughs) it's really loud a lot of times. You Mm -hmm. just kind of want to ignore it, neglect it, reject it, you know, whatever. Um, But instead of taking that that negative feeling that you're experiencing that we're so trained to think, oh, we're not supposed to feel bad. We're always supposed to be happy and positive and things. Mm -hmm. So we can tend to spiritually bypass those feelings And what's happening is those things are surfacing because they're ready to be looked at and ready to be healed. So when you can look at it as something that's not, that's making you uncomfortable and creating suffering, but actually as information and opportunity, then you're like, oh, I can do something with this. And once I do, I don't really ever have to manage that too much anymore. Mm -hmm. So it can be so productive if you can just remember that you're equipped to manage those things that are surfacing. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of where we start with people. I know that sounds really overwhelming. Um, Within my private work, I, I can see where these blocks are. I can see where the timelines began and healing those places. And while I'm taking people through that process, I like to teach them also how to do this for themselves. Yeah. Because we all have the capacity to do that. And so many of us are trained, like, oh, we have to, you know, have a guru's advice or whatever. And there is a time and a place for support and extra help for sure, you know, but there's so much that we can do on our own, if we can take responsibility for how we feel and have tools to navigate that stuff. Cool. So um, a big part of my teachings, whether in groups or privates is really to empower people and remember how much they can offer themselves.
0: Man, when you say taking responsibility for your feelings, I think this is so central, this is so central to learning to see the world as a kind place, you know, um, uh, especially now, and I feel like we've been saying this every year for decades, but uh, especially now, (laughs) we have like this very contentious world that we perceive around us of, uh, there's so much, uh, I don't know, frustration and conflict and stress and anxiety and fear and Mm -hmm. you know what um i recognize that that's what a lot of people are experiencing right now and uh but i gotta tell you my life is not full of conflict like my life is not full of fear my life is not Uh, You know, I don't walk around uh, worrying about my impending death. I don't walk around worrying about, you know, the horrors of tomorrow. Now I did like that was my reality for a long time, Um, you know, but through this path of kind of, as you said, going inside, questioning what's real, questioning what's true, um, you know, uh, and taking responsibility for my feelings. Um, so if someone yeah. if someone steps on my toes and I get angry, taking responsibility for the fact that I chose to get angry, mm-hmm. right? How many times mm-hmm. have I stepped on toes? And maybe I could offer the, the, the same grace that I might hope to have from another person. And then all of a sudden it's not dramatic anymore. And so uh, when we look at, uh, I know that's a roundabout way of getting there, but as we eventually talk about Kind of the gift of toxic relationships, which is which is something you focused on a lot mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. practice, um, and finding the gift in that difficulty. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about how taking responsibility for your own feelings uh, can relate to processing really painful uh, relationships?
1: Yeah, there's something that is kind of the easier, more simplified version of being able to dive into that because it is such a complex experience. And when you are especially intimately involved with someone, your energies are so entangled that sometimes you don't even know what's your stuff, what's someone else's stuff. It can be a really confusing time, especially if someone's draining your energy, whether intentionally or not, you know, so you can really feel outside of yourself or beside yourself What I see energetically is people will, especially within trauma or micro traumas of an abusive relationship daily, you know, on a daily basis, they tend to lift out of their bodies because it's more comfortable there because Mm -hmm. when we're fully embodied and we experience the full brunt of the physical or visceral experience, it can be really intense. So I see a lot of people that are lifting out. And so we want to start to come back into the body with pleasure and enjoyment and appreciation and gratitude and all those better feeling things to be able to come back in. But until we release the congestion of the trauma and the toxicity and the stagnations, it's hard to to want to come back in because you know all those things are still there. Um, so when you're experiencing, when you're in the middle of it, you know, it's really hard sometimes to see. So like you said before, give yourself some grace within that, that place, because it is a really intense situation. Um, but this kind of coming back around to where I started, the simplest form of this is if you recognize you're in suffering. Mm -hmm. And that you have a choice not to be then all of a sudden things can start to open up in a way that you hadn't thought about before, Mm. because when you can focus on one thing that feels manageable, you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can do that. And you Mm. start to build that empowerment within you. But if you're focusing on all these things that aren't working, you're just like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I just can't even, you know, so recognize, hey, I'm in suffering. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. And I don't have to be here. Mm -hmm. Even just that alone can start to open up potential to moving out of that, to be able to gain clarity, to give you some relief or reprieve from that experience. And when you start to gain distance, then you can begin to understand what is actually your stuff and what isn't. Because when you, when you finally can gain some distance, then you can actually learn to take responsibility for your own things, because it's a little bit more clear what you're actually focusing on. You know, but um, as far as emotions are involved, those are our greatest gifts is our emotions, especially the really loud ones, because you know, with complete clarity, something's off balance, you feel it. So pay attention to those emotions when they come up, because they're trying to say something to you, they're trying to tell you something. And when you learn to translate what that is, then you can better move in a direction that's better suited or more aligned with, you know, where you'd like to be, but um, yeah, just pay attention to that and let your emotions lead you. If something doesn't feel good, stop engaging with it (laughs) to the capacity that you can
0: so you talked about just now you mentioned that suffering is optional and okay so all the listeners you can roll your eyes now because i'm going to talk about her again right almost every episode i mention byron katie because she is just so extraordinary and she talks a lot about the optional nature of suffering Mm -hmm. and um so i would love for you to explain a bit what do you mean when you say suffering is optional And how do you begin to take steps down the path of choosing no longer to suffer?
1: It's a really interesting
0: um, paradox
1: (laughs) because I'll, I'll take, for instance, a friend of mine. She had a really interesting and tumultuous upbringing, and she had a lot of responsibility for her six siblings growing up um, basically took care of everyone. So she developed this belief system that says, I have to take care of everyone or no one's going to be okay. Yeah. So throughout her life, she's kind of continued to live within that belief system, and so now she directs in relationships of very needy men and things like this, and talk a lot of toxic relationships. Um, and so we have conversations, and we say, you know, I'll point out different things to her, like, oh, this is what's happening. You know, maybe this is tied to this belief system. Just try to open her mind or awareness. And her response is, well, that won't work, that won't work because, or it's hard because. And so to me, that is showing up as complete resistance to healing and yeah. that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. She's just in a place right now where she's wanting to grip onto the old
0: yeah. because
1: we are addicted a lot of times to suffering. If it's been consistent in our lives and we don't know sometimes how to move away from that when something is so familiar, you yeah. know what to expect there. It feels safe there, even though it's really uncomfortable, it feels safe. Mm -hmm. So to start to recognize, are you addicted to your suffering? Are you holding on to something that feels familiar and safe, even though you're really not happy there? And you start to challenge those things within yourself. And then you can start to get into those answers a little bit deeper you know, and into your, your real truth, but it is totally optional. And there's two states of being either a suffering state or a beautiful state. And when I first heard that it was mind blowing to me because I thought, oh my gosh, I just felt the resonance of truth in it. And so me being an energy worker, I was like, well, how does that work? How do I do that? (laughs) You know, and I'm very strategic with my mind too. So what I did, what I saw energetically is when we're in this state of suffering, we're kind of in this black vat of like tar. Yeah Right. Yeah. You're, you're suffering. You're stuck in there. It's like, you can't get out. You're just, so, you're submerged in all this heaviness. It's not easy to make choice there because you're literally surrounded by all this heaviness. So I thought, okay, so what would happen if I lifted myself out of that place? So visually, I'm a really visual person too. Visually, I lifted myself out of this vat. I brought myself over to this golden platform. I allowed source energy to just come flow and just clear whatever wanted to be cleared off of me. And then I decided now from this place, I can choose something different for myself. Mm -hmm. But we really do have to recognize we're in suffering in order to be able to pull ourselves out of it to make choice. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's that, there's that, those little steps along the way that can really be helpful in moving you out of it.
0: Yeah, and here's the here's the controversial uh perspective on this that pain is part of the beautiful life, right? You said that there're two there's two lives, there's the beautiful life and there's the suffering life and pain is beautiful. And so, you know, uh the pain of uh maybe leaving behind a relationship and the, the natural sense of mourning that -hmm. goes along with that the pain of having someone that you trust uh you know hurt you the Mm -hmm. pain of having a life that you perceive as unfair um the pain of a toothache right it doesn't matter whether we're talking physical or emotional pain pain Mm -hmm. is beautiful and so i will i wonder how do you perceive the difference between pain and suffering
1: Mm Hmm. That's an interesting question. I mean, to me, boy, that's interesting. Pain, I feel like is almost more acute, maybe. Suffering feels more chronic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if something comes in, like if you stub your toe, <laughs> that's pain. It's, it's, you know, instant. Pop some Arnica, <laughs> you know, help
0: yourself. Ah, beautiful pain. Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's, it's like, there is something that gets your attention with pain too, um, you know? But suffering, I feel like, is that more chronic state of being. And I think that sometimes pain you necessarily can't really gauge or plan for, because sometimes that is sort of an abrupt thing that happens, the unexpected, um, but it's really how you manage it is what is going to make the big difference. And sometimes people will really focus on the problem and they think that by focusing on the problem, that that will be helpful instead of focusing on the solution to the problem, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so when you start to think about what, how can I help myself through this? How can I up level myself out of this? How can I change things for myself? You start, start to open to the potential of that. You can start to, to make the moves. But I do find, and I, I say this in my, um, my limitless course too, that we can talk about later if it comes around. But even in the hippocampus in the brain, it's kind of our problem solving area and people that complain a lot, it actually starts to shrink that area of the brain where it's, it becomes less functional. so people that really are complainers they might have a harder time finding solutions just because that part of their brain that muscle hasn't really been worked (laughs) Mm. so even recognize where you are in that scale of do I only focus on the problems and complain about things or can I really pull myself out of that darkness and that state of suffering and find just something the littlest glimmer of something that can help pull you out of that um, that pain or suffering
0: (laughs) through my own experience with uh you know waking up to spirituality and through my work with my own clients um you know i've i guess i've come to a position that the reason i would call pain beautiful is that whether it's emotional pain or whether it's physical pain and we won't even go into spiritual pain because that's a whole different (laughs) story but uh, if we're talking about Uh, emotional pain or physical pain, both of them are loving, um, loving, generous, compassionate signs that something needs attention, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's a toothache, it is my body saying before things get too bad, go take a look at this, right? Before the consequences are unreasonably difficult, like go take a look at this. And if someone, uh, doesn't compliment my new outfit on me, and I feel pain about it. Right? That is a beautiful, compassionate guidepost that says, "Hey, you're looking. You're looking for your self worth from another person, mm-hmm. and you know, let's look at that before it becomes too severe, right? Yeah. Or if you know, my relationship with my mother makes me feel a certain way. You know, it's like, hey." There's a there's a there's a fear based need that's impacting your relationship with your mother and like let's look at that before it causes damage you know and so even if it doesn't feel good it is a it is a glorious act of compassion from our higher selves uh, to allow us to react to a world a complicated world without creating more negative karma without getting stuck in the gravitational pull of heaviness um, and allowing us to continue our path toward ascension. Mm -hmm. So true.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so true. And I think that's the thing that I love your awareness and how you teach that is when you can start to recognize the whispers of discomfort or pain and start to address things then before you get into crisis mode, wow. it, life can, life can continue to function in a much more level playing field. A lot of people experience really drastic highs and really low lows. And that's when we're not really paying too much attention to what's what our body is saying to us what our emotions are yeah. saying to us and if we catch that early we can calibrate and we can keep moving forward yeah. <laughs> but if we ignore it then that's where things really get loud yeah. <laughs> and demand attention
0: so let me ask you this because we when you were talking a little bit earlier about um you made a comment that i already uh, brought back attention to which was um Taking responsibility for your feelings, and mm-hmm. so as we kind of bring this back to our relationships with others, um, you know, when I say I'm responsible for how I feel, I don't imply any victim blaming. I don't, mm-hmm. um, uh, because there is no blame. Oh my God, there's no blame. There's only yeah. love. You know what I yeah. mean? There's only love, yes. <laughs> even in the in the ugliness. There's only love. So, um, you know, how do you kind of walk that line with the people you help between taking responsibility for your feelings and also not taking a disproportional amount of, um, not beating yourself up or allowing yourself to be uh, needlessly hurt by others. There
1: is something that happens within the old paradigm Excuse me, that we all have shadow parts of ourselves, right? And to me, shadow parts, I think of as just unhealed pieces, parts of self that we've tucked away in the dark so we don't have to deal with or see it so clearly. Um, It's really just pieces of self that need nurturing. So the old paradigm was kind of in this place where, oh, you don't want to go in there. It's scary in there. We need to avoid that place, you know? And so, and that seems to be the program that kind of pipes through a lot of people. So when you talk about their inner worlds and they're looking at their insecurities and looking at how they honestly feel, they're like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) I don't know about all that. That sounds a little crazy. And that seems intense. It can be intense, but it can also be really exhilarating. Um, so when we get into those pieces of self and learn that maybe your insecurity that you're feeling is just like you mentioned earlier, learning how to love myself, learning how to feel worthy of love. Um, and so when you go into those places, it's, it kind of auto-corrects experiences outside of yourself. So again, a lot of people will try to focus on, you know, let's say if someone's dating a narcissistic personality type, and they're trying to focus on changing that person or changing themselves to suit that person's expectations, it's a big convoluted mess. But when you kind of clean things up, go in with a clear intention, I'm going to see what's happening within me. I'm going to see what needs to be healed, what's ready to be loved, and then see how, if this person still fits, because you'll, you'll get a lot of clarity, This just doesn't even feel good anymore. This doesn't fit. This isn't working. There's more things that aren't working than are. And it becomes really clear then what decision you need to make. But I think it's when people aren't understanding themselves that it's just, it's makes life feel really confusing because they're so used to living in expectations and we're all taught and trained live for other people's expectations, ignore your needs. You're supposed to do what the people are doing, you know, and it's a really, we're really needing to unpack all of that, especially in the world today, because it's so important for each person, each individual to tune in, to see what do I need? What is best for me? And sometimes if it's releasing a partner, um, I kind of call this opposite day where where I always tell people, if you're doing something for your highest good, it's automatically doing something for someone else's highest good, Mm -hmm. right? And I had a woman say to me, well, if I choose to leave my abusive husband, that's not for his highest good because he's not gonna have somebody to cook for him and clean for him and take care of his needs. And I said that you're looking at that from the 3D perspective. If you look at it from a soul perspective, you can see when you're moving away from abuse, that absolutely is for your highest good. And his soul is clearly in a stalling pattern right now of needing to be taken care of as a grown man. (laughs) And so quite possibly it's his time to evolve a little bit. Sense some empowerment, be able to take care of himself, his own needs, find some deeper level of self-respect and compassion and grow as a soul. Yeah. So while you might not see that here in this dimension from an outer dimensional um, perspective, that's truly the case. So it's kind of like broadening people's perspective so they can see the full picture because when we can see the full picture, we can make much better um, choices because we have the information that we need. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like I went I love on a it. tangent. <laughs>
0: uh, no, I love it because you know there are two things that are seemingly disparate but both true. The first thing is that, um, let me see. How can I word this? Because I don't want to get a lot of angry emails, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> come at me yo so okay so (laughs) (laughs) so the first thing is that um the first thing is that if you follow your inner wisdom Mm -hmm. consistently you will not be in situations where you are taken advantage of because in reality it's not possible to be taken advantage of without your participation Right, so um, if someone walks up to me on the street and sucker punches me, okay, Mm -hmm. um, my intuition says, go away from that person. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If my ego says, don't back down, you're gonna look like a coward. You need to assert your rights to be here. You Mm -hmm. need to protect your manliness. You need to be tough. You need Mm -hmm. to teach that person a lesson right, Um, and then I stay there and get punched again, the second punch is my fault. (laughs) Because my source of love said, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And I bent my guidance to fit this tiny twisted guidance of the 3D world right i bent my love guidance to fit my ego and i maimed it and i'm like okay no i'm going to stay here and i'm going to i'm going to show this person what's really happening and i get hurt i get hurt when i could have walked away right mm-hmm. in reality what do i lose by walking away i lose nothing but a chance to get hurt again right mm-hmm. like so uh and and i don't i I am not here to oversimplify the nuances of, let's say, an abusive home relationship, Um, Mm -hmm. and this is what I meant with two things being true, but also disparate. While I believe that that point I just made is absolutely true under all circumstances, Mm -hmm. I also believe that there may be people who are so entangled in the complexities of this world life Mm -hmm. that maybe um, maybe a little bit of extra help on perspective, options, physical security, um, mm. gentleness. Maybe more help is needed uh, because I recognize that it may not feel loving to yourself to pick up your kid and run in the middle of the night mm. when. Uh, you could keep the roof over your head by staying at risk of being knocked around, right? Mm -hmm. I recognize how complex of a choice that that is. And I'm a Mm -hmm. white man, I'm six foot four, like I am, ai am not the person who is at risk of that happening to me right now at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to like, for my listeners, I don't mean to devalue how hard that is, but I do want to point to your own empowerment, that you do have power, that there is a place of power, and that if you follow your inner love, it will direct you how to take care of yourself um, and no longer need to be stepped on.
1: What's a really interesting, thing is a lot of times fear will keep us stuck in situations that are not healthy or beneficial for us because we, again, we know how to navigate this trauma, this toxic relationship, this experience. And while it's not comfortable, we know what to expect, but it seems like to make the radical change that's needed to move away from that relationship is terrifying. Yes. And even to recognize that is a very normal response to that level of shift that's needed, because it is, it's terrifying. (laughs) You don't know what to expect. Um, And so what I encourage people to do when they're needing to make big movements like that is to start to make smaller shifts for themselves so that they can learn that they're supported through those shifts. Because I mean, sometimes you are ready, your soul is screaming at you. You're like, just leap and you do. And all of a sudden you're caught by a thousand friends and, you know, all this abundance. You're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this before? You know, 10 out of 10 times that's going to happen when we take those leaps. Um, but, you know, do, I always say, do what feels best to you in that moment of how large of a leap, maybe it's a couple steps, maybe it's jumping off completely. You know, you have to kind of know how done you are but if you don't trust in leaping, do smaller things first so you can build that trust. So then when you do take that leap, you're just, you're gonna know that you're being caught. And I remember when I was a teenager, I was in this long-term relationship with this very abusive man. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm peacing out. And I took everything that was mine from our place. And I I left him with basically nothing because everything, I brought everything in. Um, And I was okay with that because it just got to that point. And I, it was the strangest thing. And I didn't see this coming, but I literally felt like God's hands were carrying me Hmm. for months after that. When I did something for myself and I stood up for myself and said, I deserve better Literally, it was like these beautiful, huge, massive hands were carrying me through life. And mm-hmm. there were so many opportunities that came in flooding in to my experience because I chose myself. Yes. So the more we do that, the more we learn that that that's what happens mm-hmm. when we honor ourselves, we are honored by forces much greater than the toxic relationship that we're currently, you know, yes. enduring or participating in. But it's again, taking those leaps of faith when you
0: can, when you can trust. Now, I think you just touched on it. So, but for clarity, so what do you think is the gift of toxic relationships?
1: They are our greatest teachers for sure because they will bring up every single shadow piece that's tucked or hidden or being challenged because they're so challenging of all of your inner layers. So for instance, if you're in a relationship with somebody who's really easygoing and you just have fun together, you're like, this is nice. It's sweet. It's comfortable, you know, and you don't do a lot of soul growth unless you're very intentional about it, which many of us are now, but you know, a lot of people just kind of ride it out we're, we're good. We're content. We're happy. It's like an old shoe. We're good. But if, if you're challenged with somebody who challenges you with your boundaries and who disrespects you and who dishonors you and who takes things from you, all of a sudden you are activated <laughs> all kinds of places within to say, oh, that's not working. That's not working. This isn't working. So all of those pieces that are being triggered within you are all showing up at once to heal. So it's intense to be in that type of situation, but if you, you can either stay and suffer in it, or you can say, Whoa, Holy cow. There's a lot of stuff going on in there. I got some cleanup to do. All right. What's showing up. And you start to manage those things. And I would say the loudest thing first, take the priority of things first, because that's the thing that's ready to really be healed. So when you dive into that, you start to clean that up. All of a sudden you are creating this current of flow and that stagnation or that cork. Once you pop that, it's like, okay, now things can just start to come out. And it's far less intense. The first time around is going to be the most intense. And it's not a scary intense. It's just like, holy cow, I didn't see that before. And and to me, it's fascinating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was in there. Like, whoa, what else is going on inside? (laughs) You know? So curiosity is your best friend when you're enduring things like this. But it's, you know, like I said, it just activates everything for you to be able to evolve in a really accelerated way. So I think they, it's the tremendous gift.
0: And here, here's here's a perspective. Uh, you know, we look at, uh, for example, in athletics. People want to compete at the highest level, right? Minor leagues are great, but what I really want to do is get to the major leagues. You know, um, my regional championship is great, but I want to get to the state championship. Then I want to get to the national championship. Then I want to get to the world championship. Then I want to get to the Olympics, right? And, and, And it takes so much pain and so much effort to compete at these highest levels, but people do it because they see the gift of it they yeah. see they see the gift of it so why is it that we can't see the gift of other hard things right because when you are dating someone who is not at all triggering your sore points your areas of growth that's great mm-hmm. but that's like playing that's like playing with your friends on the playground like <laughs> that's not competing at the olympics right and if you're not ready to go that hard that's fine all paths are perfect yeah, all yeah. paths are perfect what you're doing is perfect right Mm -hmm. but if you're ready right if you're ready to do the work so that uh these pressure points fade away after the work then there you go that's the gift of having a family system that hurts you. That's the gift of having an intimate relationship that's hurt, that hurts you. It's Mm -hmm. the gift of having a boss that doesn't value you or makes you feel small at the end of every day. The gift is that, you know, it's a chance for you to never feel small again. It's a chance for you to never be taken advantage of again. Because once you step into your power, there is not a single person on the planet that could possibly hold you back. And that's, 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 that's why I think it's so important that you do this work and and that you help people uh, to find the gift in these painful experiences, because it really is the door to freedom that you've been holding, holding shut against yourself the whole time.
1: It is. And that's a good point that you brought around is when you do the work You do really release that from your field and from your experience, because from an energetic perspective, let's say you have this program or this wound that draws in abuse. And so when you stand up against that and you, you break through that stagnation of saying no more that starts to clear out of your field it decongests your field and so when that's no longer in your frequency you're not drawing those things in anymore mm-hmm. so it's not something that you need to continue to manage like if you drop off you know a toxic relationship and you're you know you're, you have less of a chance of drawing another one in because you've worked through that old program and pattern mm-hmm. so the more depth you gain and in access into that wound and really heal it you can clear that thing completely and never have to manage drawing that in ever again. That's right. I mean, huge gift. Yeah. And the gift is evolution. And I always tell people the people that are coming in here with the intense experiences, you guys are rock stars That's because right. you came in here with that purpose to move through that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're not moving through it, awesome. You've got one of those lifetimes where you're like just experiencing life and see what this planet's all about. But if you're having the hardcore experiences, you're
0: meant to evolve in a big way here in this incarnation. That's right. So talk to us uh, as we kind of wrap up about how, you, uh, how people can reach you, how they can experience what you have to offer, um, what's on the horizon for you, all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, the best place to find me is my website, geneatman.com. Um, I've got different offerings on there and different ways to kind of access my, my different tips and tools and things that I put out. I also have a Limitless course, which is my my labor of love. I was recognizing that the one-on-ones are, they really- so, so satisfying and they feed my soul. I love to have that intimate connection with people and really get into the, the depth, but guidance kept coming through saying, reach more people, reach more people, reach more people. I was like, how do I do that? So I created a course that really was able to reach a lot more people and it manages things like how to identify limiting beliefs, what to do with triggers, how to silence the inner critic, all these, you know, are we self-sabotaging ourselves? How to really access all these places within that aren't working so I assist people in building a new foundation so they can really operate from a higher level perspective and then we talk about things like love abundance the art of receiving all of these things that are kind of problematic you know that can be remedied after you fix that foundation Mm -hmm. so that's my um my most recent labor of love and I'm also working on my book I'm not sure how when that'll be published but that's my my current um creative project that I'm getting into
0: all right, so we should be definitely queuing into your website to stay on top of, of kind of what you're focusing on and what options you have available. So, all right, good to know, jeanatman.com. Jean, yeah. thank you so much for being on yeah. Refractive today. I think it's been a, a really, um, I think it's been a, a, just a lovely conversation and I, I just really appreciate what you've done.
1: Thank you. I appreciate having you here or having me here with you, I suppose I should say, and all the depth of conversation. I love it. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, as you go out and you walk down the sidewalk and you meet all these people who are going through their own stuff and some people are friendly and some people are surly, just remember that, uh, you know, the gift that you can give is to uh, be kind and Aim your light. Have a good day. You have been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you've enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor. Give it a share on social media, or if you're in the podcast app, give it a rating. If you're on YouTube, click like. It really does make a difference in the search results. I am a speaker, coach, and facilitator based in Washington, DC, but I work in person and remotely with people who are ready to step with clarity into their most authentic life. If I can be of service, reach out to me, Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at refractivecoaching.com. Have an amazing day. Be good to each other. And always remember, aim your light.